I'm not really sure why I did it. Nobody forced me, or even tried to convince me, and I don't think I had a death wish. I was outside myself and compelled to do something. The loneliness made me restless. I was finally able to put a name to the ache in my chest that was a constant. It needed an outlet, and the hole needed to be filled. There was something missing besides my family. An uncontrollable desire to get away and even help others if I was able. Sometimes we have to leap and not look down to move forward, especially if we don't know why we have to. My blind leap led me to war in Afghanistan. I come out from under the cover of the wing and sling my bag over my shoulder with a grunt to line up with the others. There are two rows of seats on the left side of the plane for you. This is a full flight. Do not leave any seats empty, the man in charge bellows. Does the army teach them how to be that way, automatic and efficient? The way his hands move and his stance is so, so militant. I shrug absently at my own thoughts and play with my fingers by my side, mimicking his. Waiting, I tip myself to the side to glance at the person at the head of the line, a man about thirty with a crew cut. Maybe he was in the military. He looks like it. I catch a glimpse of the cylinder-style bag on his back. It's a duffel bag that matches the color of the plane. Stupidly, I glance up at the sun, wishing it away. I need water. I pray that this flight has a crisp Diet Coke. I could use one right about now. Fizzy and cold. I'm edgy, and my feet want to dance in place despite the heat. One three-finger point from the man in charge, and the line starts moving up the three steps. I climb, and with each tread I feel weaker. The sun is torturing me and draining my energy, which usually is unending. I hope the A.C. is already on in the airplane. An older woman behind me bumps my butt with her bag. At the top of the stairwell, I am blocked by the bodies of the others in front of me. Slowly, they filter away, and I am assaulted by thick, stale, musty air. I cover my nose with my hand. Oh no! It is even hotter in here like an oven! The air is drier, but definitely hotter. Shit! I follow to the left side of the plane. Holy hell! Where are the seats? What have we got? I ask Glitch, who is in my vehicle. Possible ambush, at ten. Load grenade launcher, two, three. I inform Gunny in the turret of my truck. Assume target has RPG weapons. I pause. Suppress. I command, which is a sugar-coated word for annihilate the enemy. Copy. Yellowish explosions ring out successively on the east and west corners, illuminating the black sky in front of us. Bangs and flashes coincide with the attack in a macabre fireworks display. Dull cracks boom in the distance, and then quiet seeps in except for the hum of the engine. Who's shooting off fireworks? Is slurred off cue and in an awkward drunken yell from the passengers. I spin in my seat and flower power number one is waving her arms and yelling for more fireworks. What the fuck? Tess, who is wide-eyed along with flower power number two, turns in her seat to shush flower power number one, who is still carrying on. Break contact. Forward. I command telling them to put distance between us and the enemy. Roger, my guys know their shit. Everyone has a job to do and they do it well. But flower power number one is loud and distracting, singing happy trails at the top of her lungs. 
3-2, report. No sign of the enemy. Continue to scan for three. Nine through six sectors. Roger. Without warning, flower power number one unbuckles, stands as tall as possible in the vehicle, and launches into shiny happy people. Shiny happy people holding hands. Tess pulls on this chick's body-hugging t-shirt to stop her from trying to climb into the turret with Gunny. Sit down, hun. Tess entreats. Shiny happy people holding hands. Giggle, giggle. She is clawing at Gunny's pant leg. What the fuck? Gunny yells into the mic. Get her off me. I unbuckle and grab her legs, then hold her up around her butt. Shit, it's tight.